Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Jesus Christ, and we are happy to be back in the house of the Lord. Uh, Maybe, I think this morning it is quite a a very significant day on the Christian calendar. Uh, It's a very significant day on the Christian calendar. How many agree with that? Amen. We are, you know, others can speak about the founders of their religion and say, this is what he did, this is what he did, but the end question would be, where is he? 
then they would say, oh, he was buried at such and such place. The Christian community uh, is the only community that can say he did this and that, and you ask, where is he? He has risen. Amen. Amen. So we want to appreciate that. Maybe take your seat for just a second. The Moyosa are at the last stage of immigrating to the United Kingdom. So I think this would be the last Sunday service for Brother Marshall Moyo. So I thought I should just give him uh, a minute or two to say something to the church. Amen. God bless you. Amen. suggested that uh, I should maybe take a minute or two to speak to you. My natural instinct was to say, Pastor, no, I'll just announce it. I'll, I'll sit there in my corner. It'll be fine. <laughs> but I felt uh, well, after all these years, <clears throat> at least I owe it to you to, to just uh, say something to you. My mind quickly went back to, it was about six years ago. I remember walking through that gate for the first time. I was alone. I think it was Brother Pari and Brampanya that they remember them asking me where you're from and I explained to them I'm from Zimbabwe. I'm, I'm here. I was still looking for a stable job then anyway. So fast forward a few months down the line, I got a, a job. I brought my family over. I'm sure you all know my wife. Many of you made uh, a good friend out of her. And then um, anyway, all along we had this desire to one day settle abroad. So. After years of deliberation, we, we decided, okay, let's do this. <coughs> so we went to the pastor, let him know of our plans, and he committed all our plans unto God. And uh, through everything that happened, uh, I'm sure you realize um, my family had to go back home. A lot of times I was here alone. You'd see my wife. So we were busy with all that. And by the grace of God, um, end of last year, she, she got a job in, in the United Kingdom. So she went there, they processed everything for her. She went there, end of November, so she's been there. She's working, she's well. And now, much settled. So I feel it's time now for me to follow with the children and go and settle there as a family. So <clears throat> we just want to thank you for everything that you've given us in, in all these years. We came here, we didn't know anyone. We were strangers totally, but it's actually strange for me to, to stand here and say I'm leaving because now it's more like you're my family. We love you so much. We, we are so grateful. We will keep you in our prayers. We ask that you continue to pray for us as well. We need each other. The Christ that lives in me lives in you. So it doesn't matter where we are on this globe. We are still united as a bride. I just, it's not a fail. I just thought I should say thank you to all of you. And God bless each and every one of you. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Amen. The French says, bon voyage. Amen. Uh, travel safely. We'll remember you in our prayers. Uh, and we appreciate all the time that we spent together with you and the family. It has been such a lovely family. Amen. Uh, I've got the 
Karimanzira Karimanzira family Karimanzira Amen Brother Moven and Charity Karimanzira If they can stand to their feet Your wife Okay Amen So they are from Zimbabwe From Eastleigh Tabernacle so they are settling here in Weedbank. Amen. Amen. So they are part of you. Uh, welcome them and let them be at home. Amen. Amen. So we appreciate the Lord for everything that the Lord has done. Let's just turn our Bibles. Let's go to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, Guerreti, the 28th chapter, from the first verse. We welcome all our visitors this morning. You are welcome in our midst. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the, Ma and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. Verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like a lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is, he is not here, for he is risen, he is risen as, he as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there shall he see him. Lo, I have told you. As we bow our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, this morning we want to appreciate the commemoration of the resurrection of our Lord. We are the only community that can make such a bold statement. 
And Lord, it is not just a, a claim, but it is something that we know it is alive, it is factual, it is truthful, it happened. We know and experience it daily that you rose from the dead. We pray for every brother and every sister this morning as we pray as well for the reading of the weight. May we be guided by your inspiration this morning. May the strongholds of the enemy be broken. May demonic powers be nullified. May sicknesses be healed. May the lost be found. It is our desire as we commit everything to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. God bless you richly. Amen. God bless you. I want to take a couple of minutes and speak on the very phrase that we read off where the angel said, he is risen. Amen. Amen. He is risen. I checked something that the Bible does not say he has risen. It says he is risen. Amen. It is deliberate in terms of how it was phrased. It's not to express a past event, but it is simply to say his, he is, his reason refers to a state of being, a, per, a perpetual state of being. Because with uh, Lazarus, you could say Lazarus has risen because Lazarus later he died. And any other person that was raised from the dead, I think it's your battery here, brothers, or I don't know. Amen. Amen. So do you believe that he is risen? Amen. The Muslims cannot say that. The Buddhists cannot say that. We are the only people that can say that. Amen. Now, the prophet says in Jehovah Jireh, paragraph 5.1, he says, now, Christianity is based upon resurrection, not replacement. I want you to pack that thought in your mind. If we say something is based upon something, that means in the absence of the very thing that it was based upon, then it ceases to exist if the thing that is based upon does not exist. Did you hear me? So that means if he did not rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Are you here, people? Now, if this falls which he was demonstrating with the book, if this falls now to take this and put its place, that's not a resurrection. So if my Bible falls on the floor, then I went down to pick up something else other than what went down, that is not the resurrection, that is a replacement. If Jesus had gone into the grave and another Jesus rose from the grave or came out of the grave, it would have not been the resurrection. It had to be the same Jesus going into the grave 
And it has to be the same Jesus coming out of the grave. Even with you, it will be you going into the grave and it will be you coming out of the grave. Brother Branham says, if you are brown head, before your death, you will be brown head after the resurrection. Uh, Hallelujah. Uh, Heaven is not going to be only black people or white people. It will be a variety. You die being a black man, you rise being a black man. You die being a white man, you rise being a white man. Because resurrection is not a replacement, but resurrection, it means the very thing that went down came up. Are you still with me? That's a replacement. But resurrection is to bring up the same one that fell. Amen. The same Jesus that went into the grave came out of the grave with the scars on his hand. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 18, it says, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Hallelujah. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching, our preaching vain, and your faith also vain. This morning, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, this service is in vain. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, this preaching is in vain. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, your Christian experience is in vain. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, the Bible is of no effect. What brings, what makes the Bible to be of effect is because the author thereof went into the grave and came out of the grave. Uh, if you are a Christian, you should be the happiest bunch of people that can claim that there is an empty tomb. Our Lord went into the tomb, but he was not confined to the tomb. Within 72 hours, he came out of the tomb as a demonstration that everyone that follows him will go into the tomb, but will not be confined to the tomb. They will come out of the tomb. And actually, we can take it further. Some will never even taste the grave because there was the resurrection. You know that there are people that don't need an undertaker in the end time. There are people that don't need a funeral policy in the end time. You will never use it because one day the atoms of your bodies will change. And what gives us the assurance is because there is the resurrection. Are you still with me? Now, Brother Bram, what we find out, and I was quite amazed that I looked in the Old Testament. And I looked at the achievements of believers in the Old Testament. Great things that have happened in the Old Testament where the, the seas opened, where the lion's mouths were shut, where the sun was stopped, where giants were defeated, where miraculous, paradoxical things transpired in the Old Testament. And I look at that, I say, if the Old Testament saints could achieve such in the absence of the perfect sacrifice, how much more should the New Testament saints achieve because there's been a perfect sacrifice? Did you hear me, brethren? Moses, when he died, and when you go and check, you find that even when they died, they did not go immediately into the presence of God because sin was covered, sin was not taken away. Hallelujah. A covered sin will never qualify you to get into the presence of God. Sin has got to be obliterated. It has to be done away in your life. Are you with me? 
in question and answers paragraph 35 he says now there was a time that the people didn't go into the presence of god when they died they justified that was in the old testament they went into a place called paradise and there the souls of the just waited in paradise but paradise was a place where god kept the souls in a, like a dreamland until the blood of jesus christ was shed for the blood of bulls and goats would not take away sin it only covered up sin but jesus blood it takes away sin Amen. hallelujah let's uh, just go back when the saint died in the old testament they went into a paradise that brother bram calls it a dream land like hallelujah and now the problem with this dream land like or paradise was that even witches could access you Amen. hallelujah Amen. the witch of endo after samuel died saul commissioned her to get samuel back and samuel had to go back because the witch of endo could access uh, samuel hallelujah Amen. but after jesus rose no witch can access them that is why the Bible says have nothing to do with the date. Yes. If a person is gone, you don't need to regard them as an ancestor. Amen. Leave them alone yes. and live your life and make your life right. Are you with me? Yes. Ancestral spirit is a demonic spirit. Yes. Actually, there is no ancestor. It's a devil taking your father's form yes. to come to minister to you. The voice sounds like your father. The form looks like your father, but it's a demon. Uh, hallelujah. This one I must say it, especially with the woke generation. I look in the end time, I see uh, which doctors have, gone, have come back into fashion, where some are even on the Instagram making millions of friends. Hallelujah. Uh, but I want to say ancestral spirit is of the devil. And a lot of times when you say that, people say, you've got mental slavery. I've got no mental slavery. Uh, they lived their time, and then they were gone. Amen. Then we are here to fight our battles. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. And actually, when, if you submit here, for some reason I need to dwell a bit. If you submit yourself to ancestral spirits, it's a very cruel spirit yes. that demands and demands yes. and demands, but never gives away. Are you with me? And a lot of time people have got schizophrenia and they think that it's ancestral calling. You need medication or you need prayer to be laid upon you. Are you with me? Now, Brother Brennan, maybe let's just go back and say, why was there a need for Calvary? Hallelujah. In Marriage and Divorce, paragraph 96, He's painting a picture here. He says, now we see in the garden, here is referring to the garden of Eden. And we see being that the continuity is broken. Then the lifeline was broken. Also the timeline was broken. Sin ushered us into a time dispensation. Sin ushered us into mortality. Are you with me? Amen. The covenant was broken. Everything shattered. What caused it? A woman. That's what broke the covenant. When we say a woman, 
it is referring to a church. A church cost it. It broke that covenant. Now, if you want to read that, you can read in Genesis. Now, we understand that in Genesis, God had a perfect family, and Brother Branham called it a masterpiece. Adam never got sick. Adam never died. Adam was in his youthful state, and he was meant to be in that state eternally. But while he was there, the devil introduced a lie into the Garden of Eden, and after it was accepted by Eve, it broke the lifeline. It broke the timeline. It broke the covenant. Are you with me? And then after it broke that, then death was introduced. Immortality was introduced to the people that were meant to be immortal. Graves were not part of the program. Sickness was not part of a program. But however, it was permitted. The devil didn't uh, defeat God. God permitted Satan to do what he did. You, you know, the people think a lot of, uh, especially atheists, they say, but if God is really God, why did he allow Satan uh, to be how he is and to do what he has done? The problem is that had Satan not been around, we would have never experienced God the way we have experienced him. Are you with me? Sometimes it takes a certain state of imbalance to bring a hero from that environment. Now, in God, we know that there were attributes. He was a healer. He was a savior. But that could not be unlocked unless there is a being that can lead the people astray. And when the people went astray, and Brotherham calls it God's great drama. Everything was scripted that I am coming. I need life to be upon the face of the earth. I will put a couple upon the face of the earth. I will permit a woman to be deceived. I will permit a man to be part of that lie. It is part of the script. Are you still with me? Now, let's just go and check the state that Adam was in because it will tell us where we need to return back to. In the message, the bridge, paragraph 99, it says, Now when Adam sinned by hearing his wife, wife's reasoning instead of holding to God's weight, that's what made him sin. His wife reasoned with Satan and then produced the product to Adam, and Adam tend to lose the weight and sold out. He lost also his inheritance when he lost his fellowship and right to life. You hear what Adam lost? He lost his inheritance. Then he lost his fellowship with God, and he lost a right to life. That means an immortal being became mortal because he lost his way to life. Are you still his right to life? Are you still with me? Now, in fundamental foundation of faith, he continues the prophet there, paragraph 8. He says, now God, when he made man in the beginning, he made him superior to anything on the earth. We are superior. We are superior to the animal kingdom. We are superior. We are the highest form of life. The highest form of life is a human being. 
Are you still with me? He, so that means we were not supposed to run away from a lion. A lion was supposed to come and bow before us. We were not supposed to run away from tiger. Actually, you can muzzle the tiger. You were meant to do it that way, to be in charge of the environment that God granted you. And that is why from time to time, even in our fallen state, you see that desire of superiority to be in control of our circumstances because we were meant to be in control of our circumstances. God never made a human being to bury their heads in their, in their hands and give up. No, say, we were made to be superior. Yeah. Folks, superior to demons, superior to circumstances, superior to weaknesses, superior to excuses, superior to anything that the enemy may present, even superior to Satan himself. Yeah. Are you still with me? He gave him the jurisdiction of everything on the earth. The way the jurisdiction refers to the power to make a judgment, a power to make laws. So we're given the jurisdiction. So that means the Adam had the jurisdiction. He, can, he was able to reconfigure the landscape. He could move the mountain from the east to the west. He could move the river from the north to the south. That's the power that Adam had. Are you still with me? He could name animals according to their nature. Animals were not named by God. They were named by Adam. He could call the lion and say, you are a lion. Then he'd roar in heaven and say, amen, my son. He could say, that's the crocodile. And crocodile said, amen. And God said, amen to that. Because why? The mind of Adam and the mind of God was exactly the same thing. So in the end time, the reconciliation that must come through the blood of Jesus Christ, the mind of God and the mind of the human race must be exactly the same. Where you speak certain things, something, and God from heaven say, that's it, my son. No wonder the scriptures say, whatever you bind here shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you set free here shall be set free in heaven. Because you, your mind and the mind of God, it's exactly the same thing. Sometimes the, devil, the God will never do anything. He's waiting upon you. There are certain things that must be done by you. You make the first move, God does the rest. Are you still with me? That's why God was troubled by Moses and said, Moses, why would you be reduced to chase by Pharaoh? Because you were elevated to a position where you are superior to Pharaoh. You've got jurisdiction even over Pharaoh. So Moses, stop crying. Speak the word and march forward. And in the end time, we repeat exactly the same thing. Circumstances are besetting you. Things are coming your way. But I'm saying you cannot be subject to that. Because a human mind, a human being was made to be superior. Superior over cancer. Superior over sugar diabetes. Superior even over your old age. Superior over death. Superior over the grave. And this morning, under the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ, we can make those legal rights. Because that's our jurisdiction. Folks, we've got jurisdiction. You are not a visitor in your house. You've got jurisdiction over your house. You determine what comes in, what goes out. Even in this church, you've got a jurisdiction because you are the bride of Jesus Christ. Folks, there is nothing that God will ever do on earth without consulting you. He could never strike Sodom without speaking to Abraham. 
And Abraham had to have an input because Abraham had the mind of God. In the end time, you have the mind of God. And you can speak to God directly and say, God, wait a minute a bit. What if there are still people that can be saved? Are you still with me? Oh, you know, what I, what, I, what I like about if Christian faith did not have this boldness, I was not going to even bother. What I like about the Christian faith, you know who you are. During life, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of death, you know who you are. Even when they bury you, you're in the grave, you know who you are. That, that's the kind of faith that I can follow. Not the faith where I get to a point and, and I begin to extrapolate and say, maybe, I don't work on maybe. I need to definite, I need to be definite about what I believe in. And the message of the hour is here to make us definite. To know for certain what happens when you leave the body. We don't just wonder and say, we hope he made it. We say, you made it. Because you believe in something that can make you arrive at the place. Are you still with me? Now God, when he made man, he made, when he made man in the beginning, he made him superior to anything on the earth. He gave him jurisdiction of everything on earth. Hallelujah. To, con to control. Folks, to control what? <laughs> to control what? Everything. He controlled the animal life. He controlled the foul life. The fishes of the sea. He controlled the winds. He controlled the plant life. He controlled everything. Are you with me? In the message, Fundamental Foundation of Faith. Paragraph 9. Man was made as a secondary God on earth. Uh, hallelujah. There is a primary God and there is a secondary God. Uh, you know, when you are a second in charge, you can tell people he is not here, but can I help you? Uh, hallelujah. You, you, because why? You've got a delegated authority. It's not your power, but your power power has been delegated to you, and a delegated power is authority. I, I can help you. It's not here. You, what, what do you want me to sign? I, I, I'm the second in charge. What do you want me to approve? Man was made a secondary God on earth. I cannot control heaven. That's why we are not going to stay in heaven. We are coming back here on earth. Heaven was not made for us. Heaven is for angels. Are you with me? Uh, that's why this earth has got to be purified. And we are coming and to make our habitation here on earth. Uh, heaven is not yours. He says, I will be the God. There's a scripture that you will read. Amen. I'm getting excited here. Man was made as a secondary God on earth. I'm preaching to secondary gods this morning. I'm addressing secondary gods in the end time. It's not idolatry. You have the DNA of your father in you. He was given the power to control some of things. All things. 
Now, at what point do you feel that I can't control anything? Hallelujah. He was given the power to control all things, all elements of the earth. Brother, rain can be controlled by a human being. A storm can be stopped by a human being. A dead fish can receive life through the spoken weight of a human being. Squirrels can materialize through the spoken weight of a human being. Have you seen the replica in the end time? The replay of the Garden of Eden. Adam was given this great... He says that was Adam. Adam was given these great powers. And then the power that he was given to make himself, he had to reproduce himself. Amen. Remember, go back to the original statement, multiply and replenish the earth. When those words were addressed in their original form, it was addressed to Adam while he was in the spirit form. It was not referring to this beast. Hallelujah. I hope we are together. But later on, they were said again to refer to this beast. But initially, it was not for this beast. That Theophan of Adam had to be reproduced. And it says, is where he fell. And Adam could speak to the winds, and it would stop. He could speak to the trees, and they would obey him. Botany life. Where Adam didn't need to say much, he can, by the spoken word, he can uproot a tree from here over there. Yes, now, now, when we preach such things, people think we are hallucinating. But the very people that think we are hallucinating, they watch these things that are too impossible in the movie. The world, the, uh, uh, Satan is using cinema world to replay what we were, we were supposed to be. And people clap their hands there and they admire impossible things. But not knowing that the very thing that they are watching in cinema are inspired by the word of God. Yes. Tell me, folks, before, I mean, you walk into a mall and then the door just slides open. Who opens the door? Who designed, thought that there must be a sensor? But we know that the disciples were thrown into the prison. And when they walked and approached the door of prison, before this natural invasion, heaven had an invasion where the doors opened. Are you still with me here? So sometimes, why is the church believing in the achievements of the devil rather than to believe in their own achievements? Superman, he goes to the tallest of the building, and when he is there, he jumps off and opens the jacket, and from there he flies off. That is an imitation of the rapture. Yes. Go and check everything that you find out is inspired by the word of God. Yes. And you must be the people that believe that, and not only believe that, but act that out. Yes. And say, brother, it can be done. Are you still with me? Now it says, Adam was given these great powers, but then the power that he was given to make himself is where he fell. And Adam could speak to the winds, it would storm. He could speak to the trees, they would obey him. 
he could speak to the world life, it would obey him. You know, Brother Branham, sometimes he would say, even when the sun could be on that day, be scorching, and Adam would look at the impact of the sun on the skin of Eve, he would turn around and say, just, just, just not too much, and the sun will respond. He had a climate control system. Hallelujah. There was no time where Adam complained about extreme weather conditions because the weather conditions were controlled by the tongue of Adam. Hallelujah. And today we have seen this thing. You know why you message believers must believe in the Bible more than any other person? Because your prophet demonstrated that. A blizzard has been prophesied, predicted that it will take the place. And everybody is running for cover. But here is a man, a voice speaks to him and says, would you want me to walk with you? And when God said, walk with me, God went different direction. To the place where there is trouble, he walked him there. And he says, I was out there in the woods walking with God. Brother, he says, I looked at me and I realized that I had become young again. Went ready. And it says, as I was walking there, and God said to me, But what do you want to do? Don't you want to stop the blizzard? The science had said it will be there will be a blizzard for four days. Now the prophet comes and says, I I declare that it must be sunny for the next four days. Right there, the weather changes. The scientific world has got no idea what is happening, but God is demonstrating to humanity that what Adam had is now being restored in the end time. And he says, while I was there, I thought about my wife. All of a sudden, she was right in front of me. Young again. Hallelujah. He could speak to the world life. It would obey him. He could speak to the waters, ever it was. Everything obeyed Adam. Every obeyed Adam. Psalm 115, 16. God says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth, he, he, he hath, the earth hath give, he given to the children of men. You see, you don't find us controlling heaven, but on earth, this is our place. Hallelujah. That was hijacked. Now, after Adam enjoyed his inheritance, his fellowship with God, his right to life, his jurisdiction, then sin interrupted that. When a lie was introduced and believed in the Garden of Eden. And look, God came down as he used to come. He would come in the cool of the day to have a fellowship because God loves fellowship. But on that day when he came, he comes, he says, Adam, Adam, where are thou? Now, I've said it many times. God could see Adam geographically. But when he say Adam, Adam, where art thou? It didn't mean that God didn't know where Adam was. Even when he was hiding in the bush, God knew where Adam was. But God was looking for Adam from his position. 
a position where God would meet with men. Men had vacated that position. It is a holy position that needs a perfect man to be in that position. But sin caused Adam to vacate that position. And throughout the ages, that position became vacant. But that position belongs to the human race. Moses could not have it. Moses died. Everyone that came was subject to sin. Everyone that came demonstrated that that position was vac vacant. But now, look at this. We know after sin was introduced in the Garden of Eden, then they engaged in a blame game. You know, the first time when Adam saw Eve, he prophesied, this is the bone of my bones. This is the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she's a man with a womb. She's the expression of me in a feminine form. What a revival. And they lived together in, a, in harmony. It was a masterpiece. But after sin was introduced, now it turns around. The woman that you gave to me. Brother, never give everyone, anyone a woman. When time suffer, it will be revealed that it's not his choice. The woman that you gave to me made me do this. And when it came to the woman, the serpent made me do this. Right there, the devil had incarnated himself into the serpent. And when God looked at the serpent, God has got no business debating with Satan. God will never listen to the devil's excuses. God never asked serpent anything. Right there, judgment was executed. And after judgment was executed because God is subject to his way, as much as he loved them, he had to chase them out of the Garden of Eden. He slaughtered the lamb and covered them with the animal skin. And they were coming out of the Garden of Eden as he chased them out. And a Garden of Eden is not a locality, it's a dimension. You can go back to Middle East where the Garden of Eden was, you'll never be like Adam. He moved from one dimension to another dimension. And as he was moving there, God looked into the heart of Adam because God is the designer of the hearts. God looked and searched the heart of Adam and knew that Adam is not being deceived. He knew that Adam was making a conscious decision. Yes, my wife fell, but I'm going to be part of it. Yes, my wife is conceived of a strange sea, but I need to put my city there because God cannot destroy my seed because I am part of God. And if God destroys my seed, that means God is destroying a part of me. Folks, look at the redemption here. God would have destroyed you a long time ago, but Jesus Christ put his seed inside of you. And every time when God looks at you, no matter how angry he may be, when he wants to destroy you, the seed of Christ comes up. And God says, I can't destroy that seed because that seed is a part of me. That's what saved Eve and that's what saved you. And they moved out of the Garden of Eden. As they were moving with blood dripping down on their bodies. As they were moving out and God looked there. 
and saw what his son was doing and knew that it was conscious decision. Folks, Adam sold all of us. He could have said, oh, that's your own endeavor. God would have destroyed Eve and maybe even created another one. But Adam said, I love her so much. I'm going down with her. I'm becoming part of her mess. I'm moving out with her. Right there, God knew that every grave that would ever come will be centered on that decision. Every sickness that will come will be centered on that decision. God knew that Adam from that time, he would be a dying man. But what constrained him? Love constrained him. When God saw his fallen son demonstrating the attributes of a redeemer, even before he could know about redemption, even before the Messiah could come, Adam was the first Messiah to his own wife and say, I want to take her blame. I want to take her mistakes. I want to take her indiscretion. I'm going out with her. Oh, brother, that moved to the heart of God. First time God prophesied and said, I will put enmity between the serpent's seed and the woman's seed. He made a promise that there will be a redeemer based on what he was seeing in the Garden of Eden and said there will come somebody that will restore things. And from that time, after he left, people became subject to sin. The animals or the blood of the bulls and the goats could not take away sin. But one day Isaiah looked it down and say, behold, a vision shall conceive. Well, all of them were pointing towards that time of a restoration. They knew that although we shut the lion's mouth, but we are not perfect. They knew that even if we subject Pharaoh and make Pharaoh to bow down, but we are not, sub we are not perfect. We cannot be perfected by the blood of the bulls and the goats. The life of the blood of the life of the bulls and the goats could not come to a believer. But brother, now they prophesy that he shall be born. And one day, on one evening, while the shepherds were out in the woods, when they were there around April, the angel appeared with a heavenly announcement. He appeared to men of lowly stature. The shepherds, he bypassed the royalties of the time. He bypassed the denominational hierarchy of the time and came to simple people to make an announcement that now there will be a remedy. There will be a remedy for sin for the human race. And a Messiah was born in a manger. Oh, brother. Even the events of that day, as we heard, it was a lockdown during that time. Where they were instructed, you go back to your home. You go and pay tax at your home. And here is a young girl on a donkey, heavily pregnant, but Mary, despite the difficulty of pregnancy, she could not have, uh, what do you call it, when a woman is pregnant and she cannot deliver? Misca he couldn't, she couldn't have miscarriage. No matter how many times the donkey shook, Mary's pregnancy was protected because right there it was the body of God. Hallelujah. I say, not the body of the Jews, the body of God, the blood of God, the flesh of God forming in Mary. Hallelujah. 
and a child was born, Messiah was born. And hear me, even in that state when he was still a little baby, in his mother's womb, he had the power of resurrection. John was dead for six months, but when he came in contact with the Messiah that was in the womb, John realized there is another presence here. There is another baby. It's not just a baby. It's the temple of God. John began to have a revival in the womb. Later on, performed miracle after miracle, disrupted the religious order of the day. Later, Friday night, 2,000 years ago, he was led to Golgotha. He made a judgment. They chose a man, Barnabas, who was a, a murderer. And said, we'd rather have this one, but not this one. He carried to the cross, a heavy cross. He was whipped on the back. There was a trail of blood as he was going there. It was so heavy that he fell. Hallelujah. Until there was a man, Simon. An African man that was there that helped him. Brother, I'm not saying that it's not a slip of a tongue. Many times, Brother Brenham sees a black woman on the platform. He says, Oh Lord, she's a daughter, a granddaughter of that man that helped you on the cross. Are you still with me? Certain things you do them now, but your, benefit, your children benefit later. But you see, these concepts are now being adopted by the secular world. In the secular world, there is what they call pay, uh, you pay for what? That means you do a good deed and knowing that someday somebody will do it for your people. Amen. Are you with me? But here now, we see this man is carrying him. They are going all the way to Golgotha. And they get to Calvary. Then they nailed him on the cross and they hung him on the cross and as they hung him there, then he gave up the ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Until when he said, I'm thirsty, they gave him a vinegar. Stripped him naked. It looked like this Messiah had been defeated. Right there, the disciples, we don't even have a record of some of them what happened. They ran for cover. Amen. But folks, there are times when we worship together. Yeah. But there are times when others will run for cover. Amen. They ran for cover. Until, I don't know, Peter couldn't even have church that weekend. Say so we are not having meetings. The meetings are canceled. Then he went fishing. There were two disciples that said, look, we rather not stay around. Let's visit our relatives in Emmaus. Then they went to Emmaus. Hallelujah. Amen. It was a bleak and gloomy weekend. The Lord is dead. What makes it further, the person that orchestrated his death is one of his disciples. A kind brother, humble, Judas, a treasurer, knows how to make every penny work for his cause. 
A pastor is dead. A treasurer is dead. What are you going to preach? What title would you have of a message after such tragedy? No wonder they didn't have church. Each went their way. They scattered. Can you imagine the mockery over that weekend? You left our church. That raised your grandmother. That raised your mother. But where is the founder today? Where is the pastor? Nowhere to be found. It was a, a gloomy weekend. But brother, something was happening away from the natural eye. Brother Brenham, brother, if you bring this quotation, he says the next one, when Jesus died at Calvary, we know his soul went to hell. His body went to the grave. His spirit went to God. There was a, a split because a human being is a triune being. The spirit went back to God. The body went into the grave. The soul went to hell. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but let's remember before the soul could go to hell, before the body could go into the grave, before the spirit could go to God, there was a thief that looked at him. An unchurched person. Looked at him and said, he never said I repair. He said, remember me. When you come in your kingdom, you know, God, what it takes with God is recognition of who he is. He recognized that we are both hanging on the cross, but this is not an ordinary fella. This is not an ordinary person that committed a felony. This is the king of the kings. And he says, I will remember you when I come. He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Folks, when today. That means he knew from the cross to paradise. But before he could go to paradise, he had to go via the region of the lost. But the thief left the cross straight to paradise. Folks, listen to me and listen to me here. He did not have the jargon of religion. He could not express himself in a religious way. He was just a born a thief, lived as a thief, died as a thief. But on the cross, he recognized a redeemer. And said, this is a redeemer. And when he died, he went straight to paradise. And Brother Brenham dramatized it many times. And he said there must have been a knock on paradise. And the question would have been, who is there? And the thief said, it is the thief. And they realized that he must have been having a wrong GPS. Because thieves are going next door. What kind of a thief comes this way? But when he came there, he said something happened on the cross. I was dying without God. I was dying without hope. I was dying without hell. But there was somebody that was next to me. Oh, brother, as soon as the thief uttered that, Abraham stood up because they realized the moment. That now is the moment. Adam said, I remember when, Mel when he came, when Melchizedek came, he told me I will have a promise. Yeah. But that promise was not Isaac, it was referring to Messiah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Right there, Daniel stood up yeah. 
and says, time for me to speak. This is the rod stone that was held out of the mountain without hands. Hallelujah. Hezekiel stood up and said he was a wheel in the middle of the wheel. The Hebrew children said, shut up. It's our time. He was the three Hebrew. When we were in the fire, he was the fourth man in the fire. Moses said, wait a minute. One time I saw the back part of the man. He's the very one that became a human flesh. There was a revival going on. Jacob said, I remember. There was a time I wrestled with an angel. He's that angel. There was a revival taking place. And your prophet say, when he reached paradise, it was two o'clock in the morning here on earth on Saturday or Sunday morning. Do you hear? While they were there, while revival meeting was going on in paradise, next door, he walked in. Hallelujah. And said, where's the table? I'm here. Demons trembled. He looked at the people that rejected the message of Noah and said, that message was me. He looked at the people that rejected him, the message of Abraham. He said, that was me. The entire Bible was him. And he went to Satan and said, give me the keys of the grave, of death, of hell. I'm here to take the keys. You have been bluffing people for far too long. Brother Brother said, when they took the keys and he gave the devil a big kick, and he was a wounded man. Hallelujah. Then he left there, the region of the lost. He came into paradise. And said, now it's time we go back. Now here on earth, people were shocked. The, after the earthquake, then the graves opened. The Old Testament saints resurrected. And walked into the streets of Jerusalem. Paradise was emptied out. For a number of days, 30 or 40 days, they came out. Brother Abraham said that weekend, Abraham was walking with Sarah and reminding Sarah that the time I met Melchizedek was around this spot. And he looked at Abraham, Adam, Sarah said, why? It seems like they recognize that. Brother Abraham said they could appear and disappear. But they only can only appear unto the believers. They walked around. To demonstrate to those that are coming after that there shall be a resurrection of the dead. History will repeat itself once again. Graves were defied. Then Sunday morning, sisters were thinking, the body of our Lord should not stink. Why sisters love to clean church? The body of the Lord should not sting. They woke up early in the morning. Early risers. Brothers were nowhere to be found. Sisters woke up in the morning and went to the tomb with some ornaments. When they got to the tomb, an angel appeared and said, why do you look for the living 
among the dead. He is not here. He has risen. Go and tell my disciples I'll meet them in Galilee. The stone had rolled out. The tomb was open. And now the Romans with the Jews, because the Jews were now afraid of the Romans, they had to come up with a plot and say, we can't present his body to the people. We rather say, because he once said he will rise again, and if we can't produce the body, then people will say, indeed, he did rise. Why don't we just tell the people his disciples came and stole him? Are you with me? Now, Later on, we see, was it Mary Magdalene that saw him and looked at him and thought he was a gardener? Brother Bram says when he was living, he looked 50, although he was 33. But after the resurrection, he was a young man until he was confused for a gardener. Now he's beginning to make appearances on the earth. The two brothers are on their way to Emmaus. They are talking, they are in a very somber mood. They are discouraged, despondent about what had happened. All of a sudden, a man tags along and joins in their conversation and says, who are you speaking about? They say, have you not been around Jerusalem? This has been on breaking news. The man that we thought would be the Messiah is dead. And he moved with them and began to speak the scriptures to them. And as they were moving towards their house, and he was going the other way, they said, we rather invite you in. He went in and sat around the table. And Brother Bram says, the way he broke the bread. It's exactly how he used to break the bread. Then their eyes opened. They didn't sleep. That night they had to come. Now there was a commotion going on in Jerusalem. He's risen. But who declared the words? It was an angel that said, He is risen. Are you still with me this morning? The angel had declared. Now, that weekend, that weekend, every sin that was, that is, and that will be was forgiven. That weekend, every sinner that is in God's economy that must be found was found on that weekend. Every disease was healed on that weekend. Are you still with me? Now, we have had, after many years, we have had breaking news where the, the, uh, Neil Armstrong made it to the moon where the first telephone was discovered, the first telephone, the uh, television and cell phone and all modern day uh, inventions. But there's never been a time where this assuring, this breaking news remained relevant 2,000 years later where he, we can say this morning, he is risen. Because what do we mean when we say he's risen? He overcame death. He overcame the grave. He overcame Satan. He overcame every demonic power. Are you still with me here? Now, after that, that very weekend where the church was gloomy, 
there was a transition of ministry from a son of man, the son of man, to the son of God. Are you still with me? And later on, we know that he ascended. Let's, let's come, brother. This quote I normally quoted it many times. And I always wondered because I must have read it somewhere around the mid-90s. And every time I would quote it, and I'd wondered that if I say he reached paradise at 2 o'clock in the morning, where is that quotation? But there is God perfecting his saints. So Abraham and them back, them back there in paradise, having a good song that morning perhaps, along about 2 o'clock in the morning time on earth. You see, brother, we could trace events. Let's come to the next one. That weekend, paradise emptied. Amen. Graves opened. Amen. Saints resurrected. Sins forgiven. Sicknesses healed. Salvation granted. A divine channel restored. Are you with me? Led by the Spirit, paragraph 6. He says, now we realize, and everyone knows there is spirit. Then if there is spirit, there is bound to be a master of that spirit. Because it changes the nature of sinners into Christians. And there is bound to be a master or head there somewhere. And that's God. He sent his son on earth, made in likeness of his sinful flesh, and he died that we might be redeemed and brought back to God to be sons and daughters of God to walk with him again. That missing link from the Garden of Eden, what Adam lost, Christ restored it again. What does it mean? If Adam had the jurisdiction, the jurisdiction has been restored. If Adam had a fellowship, fellowship has been restored. If Adam had inheritance, inheritance has been restored. Now listen to the last one great and mighty conqueror, paragraph 78, he was in prayer. He says, our hearts are happy. I hope they are happy. Yes. The jubilee is on. The which jubilee? The one that started on the cross. Yes. Not just a jubilee for one day, but a jubilee for eternity. Yes. In glory, the angels are singing. Oh God, the church, the triumph is singing. The joy bells are ringing. Souls that were once condemned to, to death and to die and to go to the devil's grave. The devil has been conquered. Church, wake up on this one. The devil has been conquered. Everything, everything that the devil does is a bluff. He's just barking with no teeth. He has been, not will be. He it's a historical fact. It's a done deal. Then you say, Brother Mariba, but if he has been defeated, why do I have battles? The battles are there for you to enforce. Amen. 
his defeat. Because he is long defeated. Are you still with me? The devil has been defeated. The devil has been conquered. Death has been conquered. The grave has been conquered. Sickness has been conquered. Superstition has been conquered. Folks, superstition is a dangerous thing here on the continent. I don't walk uh, thinking twice or looking this way and uh, calculating if this happened, this is what it means. There's only one thing that it means. He that said will be with me will be with me at all times. During the day, during the night, he is there. Are you still with me? You must never, when you are a believer, you must never be superstitious. Those are just gimmicks of the devil. I have no time to be superstitious. Are you still with me? Superstition has been conquered. Malice has been conquered. Hatred has been conquered. Indifference has been conquered. Stachiness has been conquered. Self-styles has been conquered. Everything is conquered. Christ, this morning, he is the great conqueror. That, that's what the resurrection means. This is what it means to the devil. You have been conquered. What does it mean, folks, when we say the devil has been conquered? The Calvary has taken away the appetite to sin. You have no desire for the devil stuff. You have no desire. And every temptation that Satan brings your way, you are able to overcome him. Because the devil has been conquered. Oh, I, I don't care how many times you fall, but you will rise again. Because the devil has been conquered. None of the believers, the devil will ever have a grip on them. Calvary broke the grip. I say Calvary broke the grip. None of our families will have the grip of Satan. Calvary has broken the grip. None of our churches will have a grip of Satan. Calvary has broken the grip. Young men, this morning, sound of jubilee is going on. Satan cannot hold you anymore. Break away from Satan and tell Satan, the jubilee is going on. I said the jubilee is going on. What does it mean during the time of jubilee? You don't have time to bid your farewell goodbye. While you are busy plowing, you drop the hoe down. And say, sir, I've worked for you for a number of years. I'm not going to serve a notice. Today, right now, at this moment, I'm done. Hallelujah. And he will never do anything to you. He has got no power over you. I don't care how long you owe him. I don't care how much you owe him. Because the jubilee trumpet sounded. You raise your hand. I am free. Hallelujah. He can't get hold of you anymore. You are going back to your family. Rejoicing. I'm back. I'm restored. Because why? A jubilee sounded. And there is a jubilee. That sounded 2,000 years ago. When the Son of God hung on the cross. And said it is finished. The sin penalty was paid for. Diseases were healed. The lost were found. And this morning, under the authority of the word of God, and on the basis of Calvary, every sickness is healed. Hallelujah. 
Before, while medical science is looking for a cure, Calvary found the cure. I said, Calvary found the cure. With medical science, you will exhaust your medical aid until they move you from a private facility into a public facility. But this morning, I said, without price and without a cost, freely given and freely it is given this morning. Are you here, people? And now you have an opportunity that any other person never had. The same life that was in this man 2,000 years ago by grace and by power, by divine ordination, that same life can be in you. Not just the life, but the power as well. Hallelujah. This morning I feel good because Calvary mandated us spiritually as a church of the living God. Oh brother, even the church was not started in 1918 in America. On the cross, while he was hanging there, a Roman soldier was inspired by God. There are others in this body. There's got to be an operation. Adam was done an operation, Eve came out. But on the cross, a bloody man. On the cross, a whipped man. On the cross, a rejected man. Hallelujah. A Roman soldier took out a spear and pierced by his side. I want to make an announcement. I was there in that body. I came out of the body. I said, Lord, a church was born. Hallelujah. Not in a building on Calvary. And that church that was born on Calvary will never die. That church will never be defeated. It will prevail against every principality. Hallelujah. Easter weekend. A moment of celebration. A moment of a jubilee. A moment of joy. For every believer. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's risen. He's alive forevermore. Oh, brother. I don't need to give you a proof. I've got no proof. I can't give you the DNA. But there's one thing that I know. In this body of a black man, that was subject to sin in this body of a man that was imperfect can perfection it did not come from my mother it did not come from my church it came from Calvary the life of Jesus Christ in the heart of the believer are you here people it's not just a sermon it's a reality And he says, I will be with you and even in you until the end time. He's here. The one that was here 2,000 years ago, he's here this morning. You can touch him. He's risen. He's risen. It's a state of being. He is alive forevermore. He's still attending to the needs of the people. Hallelujah. He's in the building right now. He's in the building right now. From the womb, 
to the tomb. But out of the tomb he came. Now it gives us confidence. I say, Satan, you can burn me with fire. Satan, you can throw my body to the lions and they can eat my body. But there is a promise. Whatever the head went through, the body will go through. If the body, if the head went through death, the body will go through death. But if the head came up, the body will come out. <laughs> if the spirit of the one that sent Jesus dwells in you, you will never die. You will never die. How many agree that Satan is defeated? How many agree that demons have been defeated? At this morning, we can make some declaration. Did he say the jurisdiction is all is it now restored? What is the jurisdiction? Ability to make judgments. You can make a decree and make a judgment. You can judge matters. You can judge spirits. And right now, Calvary has mandated us to judge the spirits. If you have had any spirit that has been tormenting you, that has been tormenting your family, I've got aliens here. I've got the restored second alien. They can pronounce and declare that you are free. Now, now you will understand why I said last week, no coronavirus will kill anybody in this church. Ah, this one is making people nervous. Oh, why do, I have said it. I have said it. Let me repeat so that Satan is offended. There will never be a grave here. I, I don't know about other places. I am the angel of this church. I am the pastor of this church. Hallelujah. I, I, I can't speak for America. I can't speak for Cape Town. I can't speak for Johannesburg. I am preaching for Whitbank. In this church, like House Tabernacle, there will never be anyone that will be swallowed by this demon in the name of Jesus Christ. I said in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, brother. The gloves are off. The gloves are off. We are taking Satan head off. We can never bow down to Satan. No, sir. We were there before he was formed. We are greater than Satan. We are greater than demons. Somebody said, Brother Mariba, you're not afraid. Brother Bram said, if God tells me to go and tell the whole world that I must go and raise George Washington, he says, I will do it. Yes. And if God says, I must say it, I say it. Yes. It's not my responsibility. My reputation is not at stake. It's his reputation that is at stake. Did he not say, say whatever you want. It will be so. Why are you stopping me? To practice Mark 7, 16. Let this mountain be moved. And I say, let this coronavirus mountain be moved. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's the scripture. That's the scripture.
this morning we cannot be like Muslims we cannot be like Buddhists we cannot be like people that believe in the African religion we are Christians and we've got certain rights that we can see if you don't believe it I believe it on your behalf I believe it on your behalf Calvary settled every sin question, settled every sickness question. Today we walk free. We are not paying anything. Free. Free. Ah, there's a song, so song, a song says, We live for free. Free. Just wake up and say, Lord, take over. And God takes over. Do you believe this thing? Yeah. He is risen. Yeah. I'm reintroducing you to your husband. Yeah. He is alive. He's not dead. Yeah. Then you can go and serve him. God bless you. Yeah. say certain things, Satan says, are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Yeah. Let's worship God. Greater works shall he? He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord.
pass me, oh gentle Savior, as we are going to pray. We will all pray when we come to the end of it. Amen.
Savior, Savior, Savior.
everyone in their own way. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you this afternoon for your grace and mercy. We appreciate you, dear God, for Calvary, but moreover, we appreciate you for the power of the resurrection. We appreciate you to be a privileged group of people that can say, our Lord is not dead, but he is risen. We appreciate you, what you have done for us, especially for the purchasing blood of Jesus Christ. We appreciate you, dear God, for letting us of the grip of sin. We appreciate you for letting us of the grip of Satan and for any demonic power, dear Heavenly Father. And we appreciate you for the healing power, especially during the time where we are in where there is fear upon the people, where the Goliath has been going on and on, claiming lives and intimidating lives. But Heavenly Father, there's got to be a remedy. And I believe that the shedding of the blood is the remedy. I believe, dear God, you've got the power to heal every sickness. And Heavenly Father, those that may have been infected, we want to commit them to you. Even if they are not part of this assembly, but we are standing in the gap. And we say, Lord, be gracious, dear God. We need your power. We need your grace. We need your leadership. We need your guidance, dear God. Dear God, we appreciate you that until this far, among ourselves, there's never been any negative report. It is not because of medical science. It is not because of us being cautious. It is by the grace of God. And Lord, I'm praying for these people, dear God. Praying for these men and women. Tomorrow they will return back to their places of work. And for the rest of the week they will be there. Exposed to all sorts of spirits. Including this virus that has been spoken of. But the blood of Jesus Christ must and should cover them, dear God. We are praying, you did it one time in, Go in Goshen, when you saved the Jews, the Hebrews, while the plagues were falling upon Egypt. But dear God, the Jews were not affected in any way. And right now we are praying once again, as the bride of Jesus Christ in this area, whatever the devil may be planning about the area, even if there is any other outbreak, in the blood we trust for the poet says the blood shall never lose its power i believe so 100 percent Diego. i believe the blood still cleanses sin i still believe that the blood heals sicknesses i still believe that the lost can be found i still believe that there is power of deliverance from all sorts of spirits Diego. and that is why we are standing here whispering this prayer having confidence that the God that we worship 
is not in the grave. The God that we worship is not dead. The God that we serve is alive forevermore. And dear God, your prophet came and taught us about the evidence of the resurrection. We see it in our lives. We see the power of transformation. We see sicknesses being healed that are beyond the abilities of doctors. We see you stepping in many a times in the lives of your children. And that can only be attributed to the God that we serve. That is why we want to thank you, God. We thank you for our families as we commit them to you. We thank you for our children and we commit them to you. And dear God, continue to protect us, continue to guide us, and continue to keep all spirits at bay, and continue to make the angels to be encamped around us, that we know that we are fortified, as Israel of the old used to be fortified. May this bride be fortified by your power, dear God. Here is a service. The Lord has been spoken, and we believe it was inspired by you. And dear God, what has been spoken may it find a dwelling place in the hearts of the people, may it have a life of its own in the life of the people, may it perform the miracles of its own, may dear God it bring the power of its own that people can testify that indeed Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We appreciate you, dear God, for an empty tomb. We appreciate you for the resurrection. We are looking forward to the rapture. And while we're looking forward to it, if there are people that are sick in our midst, we declare them to be healed. We are mandated by the scriptures, as the prophet said, the jurisdiction has been restored. Therefore, we can make certain degrees. We can make certain pronouncements. Protect them, dear God, as we commit the service back to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And all the church shall say, Amen. There is none like ours. Do you believe that? Among all the gods, there is none like our God. He opens the seas, He stops the sun. He destroys the giants. He shuts the lion's mouth. He makes the chemical elements of the fire to be of no effect. He goes into the tomb. He comes out of the tomb. He raptures Enoch. He raptures Elijah. Oh, he's the God of deeds. Impeccable track record of our God.
give us any song till we see you next Sunday. God bless you richly and have a blessed week. Maybe we can say it was a wonderful day. Amen. God bless you.